This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome for back. For another episode of Brewers. Episode 101. 101. I just want to take a quick moment before we get into the meat and potatoes of our episode to thank everyone who came to our 100th episode event at East Regiment Brewing Company. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, That no. was a ton of fun. Thank you, everyone who showed up. It meant a lot to us. Yeah, it was cool to see uh, all you peeps. Emily and Allie, former yeah. co-hosts. Yeah, We've got yeah. a cool picture, which I can't find, but I'll find it somehow. Wow. Yeah, no, I know. It was a wild <laughs> night. Yeah, Creative North Shore came uh, and a whole bunch of people that we yeah. haven't seen in a really long time. Po'boys and Pies making some yeah. delicious dumplings. There was a yeah. dumpling situation there. there was, Thanks again yeah. to East Regiment. The beer yes. was amazing. Yes, it was and, great. Uh, we haven't gotten the final number, but we did raise a bunch of money for uh, wildfires in Australia. So uh, once we figure out how much we, we did, that uh, money will get donated. And uh, Yeah, be a good time. Stay tuned for more. Uh, but this week, we have an awesome episode. Uh, we actually are talking to the Stone Man. A.K.A. Justin. And you guys may say, <laughs> stone well, man. who's Stone Man? Uh, well, he's a Stone Man. Yeah, this is probably one of the coolest breweries you've never heard of. But exactly. wait, you're going <laughs> to learn more. And uh, there's some big things that are happening in 2020 for the Stone Man. Yes. But we have a story to tell before. and Is this a Ryan story? This is Orion's story. Um, it sounds like Matt's going to sell it, though. Well, okay. no, no. I'm, I'm setting up this. I'm setting up the scene, and then okay. You can, then Ryan can take it um, away. Stone Man <laughs> Brewing is in Coleraine, Massachusetts, and anyone who's been to Coleraine, Massachusetts, knows it's a very rural area. And anyone who yes. hasn't been to Coleraine, because it's a very rural yeah, area yeah. because you haven't heard of it. You haven't heard of it, <laughs> and also GPSs do not work. Don't even in know where it is. Yeah. No. Um, so we had to find Stone Man. Old school methods with a map. He like yeah. emailed me directions. Yeah, I was it, was like, like, I it was like map quest. Yeah, we needed to barely know quest. how to do this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, the problem was the bridge was under construction. Yeah, where so the there's GPS, construction. Yeah. There's a couple of roads closed, which he gave us directions to get around that, but it was a little confusing, and we definitely went the wrong way. And there was snow <laughs> out, and it was a little confu- it was confusing. Oh, okay. It, it, it was confusing. Yeah. Did we mention it was confusing? It, it was a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I almost had a heart attack. There weren't really any uh, road signs as well. So that made it difficult. We saw a dirt road, which we were told is pretty typical to travel down yeah. a dirt road in Colerain. Yeah. Yeah. And in the direction said dirt road up right. a hill. And we're like, okay. Oh, this is dirt this road in a hill. Legit. <laughs> <It looks> legit. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan proceeded down the hill and we saw a sign which any normal person, this is more of like a PSA. Yeah. If you people. see a sign that says this, no listen outlet. to it. Well, not a through road. Not a through road. Not a through yes. road. Not yes. a no road. through traffic. No through and, traffic. Yeah. And yeah. we're just kind of like, eh. No, there's definitely going to be. The bet you the locals car. use this road. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, around here when we see no through traffic, it's, it's just more just like, like quiet. It's a suggestion. Only. Yeah. 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 It's not really a big deal. So we get, would you say 75% of the way through the road? Oh, yeah. Right. I don't think we got well, that actually, far. Well, uh, actually, we don't know because we didn't. I'd say about 50% of the way, maybe. We really have no clue. Yeah. But we got a... We, it was far. <laughs> whatever we think it was, was... It was scary. It was. So what happened next, Ryan? Uh, so we were in the road. Uh, 
very rocky. Uh, I needed like a, a beefed up Jeep, like off-road Jeep. Right, which like, is almost your car, but not quite. Not quite. Let's just put it this way. If we didn't, have if we had Ryan's anything car, less than your died. car, we would have. <laughs> oh, the car would have blew up. We would still be living in the woods. Yeah. We would have never. In Ryan's car. <laughs> yeah, we would have been chilling out with like the Sasquatch. Yeah. And, right. We yeah. would have become and one. Stone Man would have been like, oh, they got lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. my car bottomed out several times. Just like once. Several no, times. Twice. Not like five times. But oh, it's okay. I don't know. No, it definitely. No, it bottomed out a lot. I was freaking out because so, um, I was like, he was freaking out. He was very stressed. I was very it was stressed, awful. but we were fine. We we turned around and we got back out of there. But and Ryan, okay. the most impressive part is that Ryan completed a three point turn in the middle of the woods, yeah. and it was super narrow. <laughs> and it was very narrow, it was super narrow. It really like was. I almost hit a tree <laughs> and several then, like, times. We're we're not stuck, but we definitely like spun out. Wait, because yeah. there was leaves. Yeah. Also, the thing is, is that Erica and I. What we, wrong with we us? were like, Ryan, you shouldn't do this. Right. We were, we're like, like oh, no, Ryan, this great. is a good way to go. It's fine. But we this got, is what we, his direction We said, paid the right? price. <laughs> Eric and I probably walked like like three quarters of a mile. To help Ryan get to Ryan. Out. We like navigated yeah. and we were like, Ryan, you can go this way if you go angle the car this way. Because you have yeah. to picture this. Like the, We don't the, want to picture it. Okay, no, this, no, ever the again. Point, never talking the about point where we were in the woods... There, like when we uh, decided to turn around, I couldn't turn around. We had to back up a little ways. Yes, right. Uh, yeah. yes. Quite yeah. a few. So that's yeah. why they were like pointing. Like I wish this was a, like a video, um, like a vlog right now. Because yeah. we like, started taking a turn on surface, and then we didn't because we were like we, we stopped that. We deleted it. Yes. Yeah, it was we were bad. Embarrassed. It was so bad. But yeah. we made it. We uh, made it to Stone Man an hour and a half late. Yeah, it, yeah, Wasn't we were. That late? Yeah, it was pretty late. Yeah. And, yeah, and his response was, "Oh, it happens all the time." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a, pretty we much. had no cell service to reach him, and right. B, he doesn't. He doesn't have, even have a cell phone to reach right. him. He, I think he's a land. He has a landline. He has a land. But it's not really it's reliable. Sketchy, yeah. So we. Um, he does email, but also not it's reliable. Dial up. I'm pretty it's sure it's dial up. up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we sent a carrier pigeon to let Stone Man know. Yeah. That. This episode is released. Yes. So hopefully he has gotten this, the carrier Hopefully. Pigeon. But if not, just hit him up on social media and tag him and let him know that this episode is out. And he'll get back to you eventually. And his beer is delicious. I do want to just preface that. For like, sure. As, as strange as a situation as it is yeah. that like we got stuck in. He was like, a really good guy. This is actually normal good. living in Colerain. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Just which everyday is cool. shit. And like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I disconnected from my phone on Saturday. Ooh. It was awesome. I wish I didn't have a phone all the time. It was so nice. It's nice to disconnect a little bit once in a yeah. while. So for sure, all the props to Stone Man. Um, but he actually is expanding his operations. He is. He's finally getting a spot at Warefield House, which is at the Berkshire East Mountain Resort. Yeah, so a little ski um, resort. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is a really great location. He's I like think, the next Von Trapp. Ooh, <laughs> um, that should be happening sometime later this year. No real details exactly when yet, but yeah, I think he mentioned like there was like a tentative date of like April 25th, but again, yeah. we haven't received the carrier pigeon back, right. so we don't right. know. Yes, um, we know how opening a brewery works, so um, exactly. But he goes into some details of what's going on in this episode, and that seems really cool. It's actually just another reason to go out and for sure get some because the, the Western Mass beer seems pretty cool. Oh, yeah. it's great. Um, we were. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We went to Vermont. We went to um, Southern Mass, the South Shore. 
Now we went yep. to the, we're in the western part of the state. Yeah, and we went all the way to the westernest area yeah, the, that the day. Most, yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, we say it a lot, but like we're very lucky that we live in Massachusetts because oh. a we are bordered by so many great states with yes. so many great so much great beer. I mean, <laughs> the fact that like we can drive to Allagash yeah. and get that beer from the source, mm-hmm. and yeah. then. The next day we could go to Treehouse and get that or beer Alchemist or, or Alchemist like or so many great places. Night Shift, Tributary, like, Tributary, like places yeah. that like people and, and trust me, like about. right, like <laughs> yeah, like if I could get Pliny the Elder or like Monkish and all that stuff out on the West Coast, like true. Well, that's yeah. what it's like, right? Those people at the West yeah. Coast know what this is but like. But like, we're very lucky, and like, sure. I don't even know if like a state like Rhode Island can say the same. Like, Rhode Island has a lot of up and coming breweries right now. But well, it's like about, it's a little bit more yeah. of a distance. Like Massachusetts is just smack dab in the middle in like of the all middle these. of the country. Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah, like you just gotta rely on the packy stores, I guess, to stock beer. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, cross my fingers. <laughs> I- right. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is like, um, I think every location is is really capitalizing on on the the boom of craft beer. For sure. And we're just lucky that we live in this this area and. Um, there's a lot of competition to improve everyone's product. Keep on Massachusetts being fucking awesome. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Actually, New England as a whole. Yeah. I wasn't talking shit about Rhode Island. <laughs> I was just more or less saying, like, distance-wise, yeah. like, you have to drive through Massachusetts. Right. But Rhode Island, it's you're pretty awesome that you're enough. still close to us. Yeah. Rhode Island, Connecticut, like, yeah. they, they have some... Oh, there's some good they beer down some there, great too. Great beer, yeah. yeah. And... Eventually, we'll get down there. Yeah. Cool, 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 if you cool, have any cool, breweries cool. that you want us to go at, info at brewroots.com. Hell yeah. Let's know. All right. And then don't forget Pink Boots scholarships. Um, make sure you apply because you got to apply to get the scholarships and it's really easy to get them. So we got the UC Davis one, Crafting Strategy, Road to Cicerone courses, White Labs Yeast Essentials 2.0, and the ACU Brewing Short Courses. So check it out. A lot of those things are all online. Really easy to apply. And you, as a winner of a scholarship, you can talk about how beneficial they are. Oh, yeah. No, super beneficial. Um, if not for the, just what you get out of the event, the course, the, you know, whatever ends up being, but also just the people you meet there, like the... Um, like networking one. Networking, that's yeah. the word. Thank you. The networking yeah. <laughs> you're able to do is just really helpful. Yeah, so, and I mean, awesome. a lot of the people that we interview, when we ask them, you know, how did you start? A lot of them mention a lot of the like the the schools um, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so this could easily yeah. be your starting off point, and why yeah. not get it through Pink Boots and get it paid for? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and you don't huge. have to just be a brewer in the industry. You oh can no, be- you could literally be anyone. You could just be a bartender, and you could get the Cicerone course or like the. Um, brewing school courses yeah. and then just be a brewer or whatever. That's what you want to do. Yeah, help your aspirations. Exactly. Absolutely. Because we were talking about recently just how there is a lack of education mm-hmm. in the brewing world. Yeah. And this is an op- excellent opportunity to yeah. kind of. Even if that's not what you want to do, fuck it. Take the course, learn yeah. something. Learn something. And that, if anything else, it'll just make you a better bartender. You'll be well, more knowledgeable. Exactly. So yeah. screw it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Also, we have an announcement to make. Hell yeah. So after literally, I guess, years of deliberation at this point. Um, years of deliberation. We uh, originally were going to uh, just be an independently sourced podcast, right? Not be part of a network. And uh, we held on to that 
and maintain that for 100 episodes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And we saw this as an opportunity to help grow our brand and also maybe help promote other podcasts. Yeah. I mean, what we were talking about, uh, you know, earlier last or later last year was building a community. Mm. We see community being a very common theme in the craft um, beer industry. In craft beer right. industry and it's yeah. something that we wanted to create in the beer podcast community. So and we, we knew that we couldn't create a brew roots network. We would all go yes. crazy. So yep. um the people we're, we're going with hopped up network. Um, and if you haven't heard of them, go check them out at their website. There's um, or social, they're social. all over social. Yeah, there's a yep. number of um, awesome podcasts that I've just started developing, like delving into, um, <laughs> and kind of just a lot of cool things are going on that aren't. Um, you know, I want we want to help promote those, and and hopefully they help promote our our podcast. Yeah, it's just really cool to see and hear about beer in other parts of the country. Yeah, um, because it's really hard for us to go out that way. Yeah, so why not help support someone who's already doing that um, and doing a great job at it? So, um, go all of you people uh, for the Hop Up Network and keep yeah. on trucking. And we're glad to be a part of the network, yeah. and uh, we see growing the craft beer podcasting hopefully umbrella even even more helping a hop to yeah. grow it even more um yeah great, great. intro great <laughs> intro solid job um though. yeah so we have our friend justin from stoneman brewing uh literally awesome guy and we had we had a fun really fun time out in Colerain. yeah um even though we almost died it was still a died. great time and if you ever hear us just low-key say right remember the time you got stuck in the woods now you guys know that's what it is about yeah yes. finally finally it has come to fruition because <laughs> we say it a, we actually say it a lot like yeah. our text threads are ryan remember that time and he's like yeah fuck you guys i do yeah, yeah. it's usually when i'm complaining about something or like stressed out about something like, hey you remember that time yeah i'm like we say yeah, it with love fuck off <laughs> uh, exactly so if you can hear my voice i'm getting sick so let's go to the episode cheers cheers, cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. Well, team... And I seriously mean the word team because that was a team effort this, getting here. Getting here was definitely a team effort. So yes, <laughs> not to take away from the episode, but Ryan, Erica, and myself almost got stranded. <laughs> and yes. luckily we have a backlog of episodes. So like, it's kind of like when an actor dies, there's a couple, you know, movies that may not have been re- released. Right. You would have at least had like 12 episodes of us. Until, you know, the end. But we have nine lives. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. We're still here. Um, and we're in a beautiful part of the state that, admittedly, I don't get to go out to very often. Uh, Erica or Ryan, do you get to go out to this way? I do not. No, I usually not go very. down southern western Mass. Yeah, and this is the furthest west we've gone. We've gone as far as Orange and 
yeah, people's pint location. Yeah. Um, Erica, you want to let us know where we're at? Well, how do you say it again? I think it's a coal rain. Coal rain. Coal rain. Yeah, <laughs> See, that is where we are. <laughs> See, I, there's there's actually more cows than there are people. Ooh. And it's one of the largest towns square uh, square footage with the least amount of population in all of Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Fun facts. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here. And we're at Stoneman Brewery. Brewing. Which... With the Stone Man. <laughs> yeah. We're yes. Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and fun fact about the location we're on. This is probably the oldest building that we've recorded in. Cool. Which is awesome. Or ever to record in. Probably. Or ever to record Yeah. In. Yeah. So, Justin, how are you? Thank you for opening up your brewery and house to us. Yeah, no, it's all good timing because I got all good news. Yeah, and we're here. <laughs> we also have another guest, our youngest guest probably. You want to say hi, Maggie? Oh, Maggie's oh, shy. She's being no, shy. Maybe later. Oh, maybe later. <laughs> um, so we start every episode um, just asking uh, your role at the brewery and uh, your first memory of beer. Cool. That's a good question. I uh, do the first memory of beer first. Cool. It's kind Go of a, a funny one. Jump in. Was uh, I grew up in the town of Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, it was a pretty awesome place to grow up, and we lived on South Street, which is this big old street with uh, big backyards. You know, kind of lined up. It was kind of in my mind. It was like the 1950s style of growing up, where you're just like kids playing in the yard. And uh, basically, we um, I can remember uh, mowing the lawn, or my dad was mowing the lawn. I don't think I was too young. And the neighbor came over with like a Schlitz or something like a crazy, oh, Black Label. No, it was Black Label something beer. <laughs> and like my dad doesn't really, you know, drink much beer. And I uh, had a sip of Schl- or the Black Label. It was pretty gross. <laughs> that's my first memory of beer. That would yeah. be the honest yeah. opinion. That's I, pretty similar to a lot of memories. Yeah. Like they try it and they're like, this is awful. But it was like my, you know, I mean, I don't know if I should be saying this. This is long, the, the, the statutory, uh, whatever is, the, yeah, is late. Yeah. Is, you know, right, it was like my dad right. giving me this beer. We're and not you, and you know, And you know that it's like, you know, you're you're a freaking this eight-year-old or 10-year-old. Right, yeah. right. And it was just like, here's a little sip. And I was like, yeah, this is gross. <laughs> but anyway. And then uh, your role here at the brewery. And give us a little bit of background about the brewery. So this is, uh, I am the brewery. I am Stone Man. So there is only one employee of Stone Man Brewery, which is me. Um, I've been having to do pretty much everything. Um, I have some volunteers that help out. Um, but my role is keeping everything going. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a, a tr- tricky question because my role is to promote, I guess the vision of Stoneman Brewery has been to um, promote the whole grow beer movement. So it's all using local ingredients. Um, so I, I've been from the forefront, this is my six years in business and I, I've been kind of, um, stubborn in that being a nano brewery and trying to stay small and then using all local ingredients and then selling beer, um, all, uh, in a different, in unconventional way, I would say, um, I started off doing the first beer CSA in the country. CSA for our listeners who don't know. It stands for uh, community supporting agriculture. So essentially the way I, it's usually used in terms for like with, um, farmers. So you basically pay ahead of time and you get a certain amount of, uh, so, so basically if you give the farmer money, you know, in the winter time, they'd be, they're able to like buy the seed and get the fertilizer and like plant stuff. Then like they, you invest in your local yeah, farmer. <laughs> and then they get food each week all summer. So with the brewery, it was, it was when I was here building the brewery and the whole concept was to do it as a beer CSA because I had no money. Um, so basically it was a way that people paid me up front. And then, um, you buy ingredients and, and then I would beer. buy ingredients and make, yeah. and, and make it. And so it, yeah. it, it worked on paper pretty well. Um, I ran it for a couple of years. 
Um, it was awesome experience for customers. I mean, it, it was really unique. I would do one of a kind beer for uh, weddings, for events. I did collaboration projects. Um, it, it was pretty neat. Um, I'm still pretty jazzed about that 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 um, model for selling beer because it really can work in a well way. Um, but the way I had it set up was that it was essentially I knew with a nano brewery, which is what I was or am, is that I knew I didn't have enough time in the day to do everything. So I knew selling beer was going to take up a huge part of the, the of my you know work if I was to, to go to the distributor or self-distribute. So the whole idea is that I'd be open in theory one day a month, and that was the one day that CSA members could come up to pick up their beer. So I, I would be open here one Saturday from like 12 to 5. And so you think that would be kind of easy, but um, what you, you guys found out the hard way getting lost <laughs> is that this place is pretty inaccessible yeah. uh, in any inclement weather or any normal weather. Um, so basically the model in the winter time, I, I had to switch it and I'd bring the beer down to like Pine Hill Orchard or something. Um, so it was like an offsite place that I would have the meeting where people would come to pick up their beer. So I would literally, I had like 50 to 70 members pretty much for a couple of years straight. And so each month I would bring 80 cases of beer, Jesus. haul it wow. down the mountain in like, you know, two trips, you know, yeah. in like my parents' caravan or something. <laughs> you know, their brakes were smoking and, and right. uh, basically we'd, we'd set it all up and 10 people would show up and then I'd, I'd have to take the other 70 cases and haul them all the way back here. Uh. And then like, you know, months would go by and certain members, you know, wouldn't pick it up. You know, because it's kind of inconvenient. I mean, it was definitely inconvenient for me being like, "Hey, I'm only open fucking right. four hours a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a month, and that's your window to come buy beer from me that you already paid for." So people would wouldn't come up, and I'd have to. You saw my storage area. Yep. Yeah. It's a, the you know the 360 square foot licensed brewery is not big, so I'd have to store the beer, and then you know months. It, it, it was it was logistically pretty much impossible to, yeah. to maintain. But in its heyday, I mean, it, it was it was sick. Like I had like 20 different beers for people to choose from. I was literally 99, 98% all local ingredients. Like cool. I, I started That's off awesome. doing 100%. You know, there's a couple things I couldn't get, just little, little things. Um, but so that was like a super unique experience. And that's kind of what got me... A lot. That's what got my momentum going, um, yeah. where I kind of built a name and reputation, um, even at a nanobrewery scale. Yeah. yeah. You say uh, 99%. Uh, for those who don't know, the harvest in Massachusetts is pretty much what from July to September uh, for like hops. Or, for, yeah, yeah, for hops. Yeah, it's just a small, small hops. It's like at the end of August. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty small window. Uh, how did you sustain ninety nine percent throughout the year? You have year? to stockpile it. Stockpile yeah. Yeah. buy it in bulk and um, yeah, yeah. Growing up, you said you grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, um, exit 109. <laughs> Why do people in New Jersey reference? Because we're proud of the exit. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> I know from New Jersey is like, yeah. oh, I live off of exit 109. Because it's basically the you know the main highway that goes up. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to reference. I'm nice. guessing that lawnmower beer that your dad gave you of the yellow fuzzy stuff. <laughs> that was pretty gross. Fizzy stuff. Um, it's pretty skunky. Didn't <laughs> spark something at, at the time to be a home brewer yeah. at the oldest building in the area. What was the, the original plan, and what was life? What did you do before Stone Man? Before Stone Man, wow. Um, well, the story is that I've been a stonemason for about uh, I'm 41, so kind of 21. I started kind of in the trade, so it's been like 15 to 20 years, about 15 years wow. of just stonework. Like 10, I, I had um, I worked in the Berkshires for about five years with the company, and we did all dry laid, you know, hammer and chisel. 
um, walls and patios and some pretty, this is uh, right before the economy collapsed in 2008. And okay. so we were doing some huge projects, like on like million mansion, million dollar mansions in the Berkshires. And we were doing like stone couches and like a gazebo <laughs> chaise lounges and like weird, really intricate um, projects. And that's where I learned to fine tune my, my, my kind of dry laid, uh, you know, masonry experience. And then I, this is going back 10 years ago, I basically took a gamble and I bid on a job out in this area in Colerain, actually, actually across the street from here. Um, <laughs> nice. I bid on a job because I wanted to go on my own. You know, I worked with this guy for five years and I kind of was like, all right, I, I want to do my own projects. And so I was bidding on this job and this is like a hundred thousand dollar job. It was, it was, it was, it was huge. And, um, I basically, you know, told my landlord, I gave him notice and I, t I, uh, waited to tell my boss, but then I, um, basically gave my landlord notice in the Berkshires and I asked my parents if I could move in with them, you know, at 30 to like live in their basement for, you know, a, a season or so just to finish this job. So I, so I basically bid on it. I was pretty sure I was going to get the stone job and then some other people bid a lot lower than me and I had to lower my price because I really wanted to do this job. And I ended up working for two years, two and a half years on this stone job by myself for no money. Um, so I kind of realized halfway through the project I wasn't going to make any money. Yeah. And that's when I was homebrewing, like, I wouldn't say to supplement my income, but I was homebrewing a lot. <laughs> yeah. and Supplement uh, your depression. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the beer CSA concept yeah, yeah. kind of right. came from because I was like, I have all this beer. And um, basically... Uh, from the middle of that job, I like had a defining moment where I realized I wasn't going to make any money, but I really wanted to finish this project. I mean, it's epic. It's, it's the best show. It's the best work I've ever done. And I, um, I basically told the land I told the homeowner, like, can I take like a little extra time, like an extra year to finish this? Cause I had to go get other jobs to finish that job because I wasn't making any money on it. Um, and so I, I ended up quitting smoking cigarettes on that job. It took me two and a half years. I met my wife in the beginning of the job. And by the end of the job, I was married. So, and then also we got the property on the other side, like across the street. So a lot of positives that come good, out of that. Good things. Right? No, no, no yeah. money. I've, <laughs> I've never, I've never really made money, but I've had some good experiences to lead me to where I am now. Um, do you still stonemason? I do a little bit. Um, I'm, it's sort of like putting around building steps in, you know, projects. Out yeah. Here. I mean, this year I really was uh, wavering on the idea of, going back to doing some more work like that, stonework, um, because this is my sixth year in business. It's after the five-year, six-year mark. I mean, it's a lot of work um, yeah. to put into something. So I really have been, because um, there is some really exciting, awesome news, um, because I, I've been trying to rechange the model of how I'm going to do business um, after the beer CSA didn't really work. I had to let that fizzle out. Um, and then I started contract brewing and, and renting other brewery space to do other projects and like make bulk beer yeah. to sell through distributor or to self distribute all that, all that mess. And that was never my, my, um, that was never my goal, you know? So it's been, I've been like in a survival crunch mode, you know, working full-time job, working on the farm, keeping the brewery name alive, paying debt and, you know, continuing to move forward. I still have beer to sell, you right. know? but I'm trying to do it more in a manageable sense to get to that next level. So I've basically been looking for four years for a new location. Um, I've looked at 10 different spots. Most of them are in the Coleraine, Shelburne area out here because basically, I mean, Stoneman Brewery is this, this is like the middle of the no nowhere. You're going to get lost. It's, it's <laughs> off the beaten path. There is, 
you know, there's no That's hope. That's the fun in, of it, right? Yeah. yeah. There's no hope in it. You're not, you're not making it like be super accessible to everybody. And it's not like on purpose, but like, this is where I live. I yeah. love like Western Massachusetts is another state. It really is. Um, yeah. there's no cell service out here. There's no, you know, internet and, and, um, you know, you get lost. So, so basically, uh, trying to build a new brewery in this type of setting has a whole lot of challenges. So I've looked at all these different old buildings, old sites, you know, I've had people that wanted to invest in this and that. And, um, I finally have found the location. Um, it's going to be in Charlemont. Cool. All right. Congrats. Congrats. So part of the interesting thing, I guess, about Snowman Brewery is my mission has not only just been like grow beer as that's my, my website is growbeer.com because to me, grow beer is like a, a call to arms. Hmm. You know, it's not like a, Hey, I grow beer. We, you know, this is that. Like, well, <laughs> encouraging others. Yeah, somebody might've trademarked. I, uh, uh, we grow beer or something like that, which is stupid, but, <laughs> but so we grow beer is like this together thing. And yeah. it's, it's like, there's hop, you know, hop growers, there's, there's, people growing grain. And that's, that's the reason I started as a home brewer to take advantage of that vision where of like, I literally, if you look out there, I have, you know, acre, yeah, I acre some, of, of uh, land up there. Some we, hop vines out there. And we did a little bit of hops, yeah. uh, just some grain. Mostly that's all corn. That was, we grew uh, okay. three or four different varieties this year. Uh, the garden this year was my therapy to, um, cause we were, it was a pretty stressful year. Um, cause I was either going to make it or break it. Right. And I, and I basically, was like overweight, like 30, 40 pounds heavier. Cause last year I freaking, I had, I was contract brewing. I had a distributor, things didn't go right. And then I, I got stuck with, I got a whole lot of beer and I had just my pickup truck. Yeah. And I literally from like July 4th until like October 4th or something like that. I, I just drove around. Cause you're in over what? 150. I was. Better yeah. liquor store. I, How many liquor stores are you in now? I, I, hopefully one or two. Okay. Yeah. I, don't even know. <laughs> I mean, like just a handful. Um, cause basically, you know, I, for me, yeah, it's, it's, I guess where I were to, to bring it back to like the, the mission of Snowman Brewery with the grow beer was also my, my stubbornness of seeing something that's so exciting in a nano brewery, you know, in, in a, in a, having right. a small, having a small amount of something to me is, is freaking cool. I mean, it's like, it's something that's so unique and then using all these local ingredients to make these special batches um, which is awesome. I mean, there's, there's, there's a power in, in less is more to a certain extent, but then the reality comes in and the reality is, um, it's a lot of work to make a small amount of beer and then you can't afford to pay other people to help you. So that's it's like, you can, 22. Yeah. you can like yeah. quote on pen paper, you can be profitable, but you can do <laughs> what I did, which was nuts. It was, I brewed a hundred batches a year, you know, by myself, basically, so that's brewing, you know, almost every other day and bottling by hand. Um, and I made a profit, but it wasn't enough to warrant like paying for help. Right. right. Um, so I kind of, but I've still been on this like mission where I was like, it's, it's my, my, my curiosity, my curious nature is like wanting to figure out. There's gotta be a better problems. way to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's also been trying to stay small. Like I didn't yeah. want to like get a brewery, get bigger and bigger and bigger just to make money. Cause making money is not really the, that's not really what I'm after. I mean, it's more my mantra is the sustainability model is just to be okay. Like I just, yeah. I'll work hard to make a little bit of something, but we do see, I think we see a lot of breweries that have started small and yeah. they lose that charm when they, it's, yeah. it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like your favorite restaurant. I love when my favorite restaurant can fit five tables, but then when they expand and have 20, 30 tables, it's like, this place sucks now. Yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't feel as homey. I right, know people right. out there are like, you're yeah. such a hipster match. What the <laughs> fuck up? But like, no, it, I don't know. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so basically I had to, um, 
Um, uh, sorry, it's been a long week. Uh, sustainability <laughs> with the brewery and um, oh, that's right. It's it's my stubbornness of of not wanting to quit. Basically, is what kept, is what's kept me going. Like where I have the name for the brewery. Um, I won the Good Food Awards last year for Ooh, um, congratulations. That's that was an awesome. That's um, cool. It's an awesome event to go to and be invited to, um, which I'm pretty proud of. But um, I guess what I'm saying or stumbling around saying is that um, let's see. Um, with it, I've been stubborn to want to have a to make a nano brewery work, and so you know, trying to figure out what size scale that is. You know, like really, you know, the industry says you know, like a seven barrel system is like that's when you can, that's your sweet spot where you can make just enough beer. I mean, you're still working really hard, but the profit line on that is like where you can, you know, pay someone to work with you. You can have an assistant brewer, you can have someone pouring beer in your tap room. You don't have to do everything yourself, essentially, in theory, with a system that's like seven barrels. So anything under seven barrels is a little bit tricky to do. And that, which is, I think, a nano brewery is what, like one to three barrels yeah. or something, yeah. something around that line. You know, um, so, but basically... What, what this is where, where I'm going and what I, what I feel like is that uh, there is a beauty in something that's small, but then it's hard to make that work. So it's almost like I ha you have to attach that business to another entity or you have to grow another entity to have like a side wing that you have like a small little nano brewery that you make, you know, beer for people's weddings and like fun stuff like right. that. But it's not really profitable, which is but it's fun. Um, but so you have to sort of either have like people handing you lots of money and like be able to just not really make money. Um, or you have to be like, build your business bigger so that you can work smaller at the same time, which doesn't really make sense. So, so essentially I've been able to work out this deal with, um, Berkshire East, which is a ski, ski mountain, yeah. um, which is uh, right down here in Charlemont. So it's really cool. The guy, um, the Schaefer's are awesome. They, they bought the mountain for a dollar in like 1975 oh, geez, and, nice. and they've like put in sweat equity forever to build the, to build, um, their, their empire up. And so they kind of sought me out a year ago saying that we wanted, you know, we wanted to see if you wanted to move to Charlemagne. That's such That's, a good idea. Like that is really people good love idea. to drink and ski and like <laughs> do that stuff. It's true though. Yeah. I've never seen a brewery at a ski mountain. I would see. Is I mean, that maybe up in Vermont? In Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. But local. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, but essentially what, where I see light at the end of the tunnel is because I'm still like a one man, um, I'm a one man business looking to get more people to help. But, um, Attaching myself to another entity where I'm not like literally, um, they're not like percentage owners of Snowman Brewery, but they're going to be my landlords essentially. Right. Mm. Um, and They'll so I'm kind of like attached land. to another bigger, like another bigger company where I'm not like legally attached to their company, but it's pretty sweet to be building a brewery right in the ski area. Um, Cause I don't know if anyone knows in Charlemont, it's, it's kind of this new upcoming um, whole thing where, where uh, Berkshire East built, one of the, the nicest downhill mountain biking um, in almost the East Coast. Like oh. people, people drive, yeah. parking no lot is filled up like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. People camp out all weekend just to go mountain bike riding. Like they they built the largest downhill mountain biking jump in North America. It's like I'm hanging out up top. Jeez. Ryan, don't like, take your car down that. Like going, yeah. up, going up the mountain in like a Hummer yeah. and like meeting the road crew and these two guys just like – being like showing like showing me the jumps that they, they built and i'm like how the hell did you even go about doing this i mean there's this jump where you you you're, you're fully committed and you're like going down and you go up this like a half jump and then there's like a gap and then you go up this other sick jump it's like i hadn't seen anyone on it yet yeah. but i mean people are, people do ride it i mean it's, it's yeah, they, they yeah. went to the extreme so essentially i, I think 
I'm, I'm creating a five barrel brewery in a sugar house. So we're, 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 we're That's converting, awesome. um, we're converting a 3,200 square foot sugar house into a uh, five barrel brewery with kind of a tasting room. But then there's always a hitch. There's always, there's always sometimes with business planning, it's like coming up with complex problems, then solving them creatively adds to something fucking cooler. Yeah. <laughs> and so the problem with the venue is, um, it's on this, it's called the Warfield Inn. It's a Warfield property. And they, um, they actually have like a 10,000 square foot banquet hall and a, um, you know, like a bed and breakfast kind of setup. But what they do is they do weddings. Oh, and, wow. And so it's kind of like my brewery is literally in, it's like the beer garden. And that's where they, it's like overlooking the mountain with beautiful views. And basically they, um, you know, where they say I do is like right in front of the brewery. <laughs> so, so on the weekends, there's like That's 11 so or 12 cool. of these uh, weddings, you know, books, cause they, they make money booking, you know, you know, these events. Cause there's this outside pavilion with a bar and all this stuff. There's an, in, I mean, it's this epic little complex and I'm smack dab in the middle. So basically we're going to have to try and figure out a way to do something on the weekend yeah. and not sure. have it be there. So this is where it gets deep. We're go- actually going to the, the planning board on the 21st, which is next week, to pitch these, a couple of these ideas with Berkshire East. And so one of the ideas that we're doing is we're going to be building a pop-up mobile bar right in the center of Charlemont. There's this nice river there where there's like you know rafting and tubing and all this. And they own a commercial property literally right on the river. And so we are going to be – you can't like build anything because it's a flood zone there. Mm-hmm. But so what we're pitching to do is do a um, – a beer garden open Saturday and Sundays. But what, like, kind of what I'm all about doing is, like, building real things and doing, like, uh, you know, I like creating awesome, fun projects. And so, you know, we looked at trying to, like, build a bar or, or like, like putting, you know, you can put a tap system on a trailer, no problem, you know. But then we want to do something even cooler. And I got a buddy, one of my uh, best friends that I went to art school with in 1995, this guy, Wendell, is helping me design it with my, my father is a retired engineer. And so he's been helping me out on all these projects. Um, so basically we are building this like uh, pretty sweet bar that's on a trailer. So it's like a, it's all like the sides pop down and there's like the deck that folds out. Like it's this like super engineered thing that we're building and we're actually going to go into business on a side project like building a couple of them to sell because (laughs) because nobody has like you can google and like look at images of like a mobile bar you know that people pull behind a trailer like it's it's there isn't nothing out there really but so uh that's another i mean i guess that's i could you know i could talk all day about everything it's like the the thing of running a business you have to really be flexible um, with well, I'm sure ideas. you didn't even didn't think of that even being a possibility when he, you started. Well, this is even like two. This is like two weeks ago. These guys are like, "Hey, what do you think about this idea?" And I'm like, "About signing the lease of, of the Sugar House, which is awesome, and that solves the problem of me not being open on the weekends." You know, like, right. so I'm going to have like select. I mean, the other coolest thing with the Warfield project itself is that there's this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> She doesn't like the crust. Um, (laughs) That's the best part. (laughs) So there's like a larger complex involved. So I can like flex my muscles to have like beer events once in a while or like open, you know, special beer releases and have, um, you know, because the brewery is like small-ish. The tasting room is not that big. You Um, could open it up. But I can rent. There's an outdoor pavilion. There's an inside um, kind of area that I can kind of use a little bit, which is kind of neat. So I'm not paying for rent or lease of the whole place because it's huge. Um, But then they're going to allow me to do a couple events there a year, which I think will be fun. Yeah. So 
when do you anticipate all of this hard work? April to be 20, done? April 25th. We're having our, our event. Um, all right. It's going to be called stone man at the war field. And the uh, fun part about it, I guess would be, I'm having like, I'm, you know, I'm building the new brewery where like literally there's a dumpster there and I'm like cleaning out the, um, I'm cleaning out stuff by myself. And we're having, we're saying we're going to be having this major grand opening April 25th. Um, so what I have to do is transfer my license yeah. over there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But I'll still be probably contract brewing. So we'll be, where do you to, contract out of? Um, I've contracted out of a handful of different places. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's always kind of, a, um, um, that's a, a challenge. That's a rotating thing. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, I'm going to be able to build the brewery all winter, kind of on my own, put in some sweat equity to build this really sweet tasting room. I'm calling it like my gift shop, essentially. <laughs> you know, nice. where it'll be like a nice little nice. cozy little thing, but I'll have you know cool stuff for sale and beer for sale, I guess. I am a brewer. Um, so basically... We're going to be open like April 25th, and that's kind of our grand opening, but it might be, it's kind of like our soft opening. We might just throw an event, and, you know, we have all the licensed liquor, licensed, bonded, all that stuff, but I might, I won't be able to make the beer, you know, I, I might not be open making beer on my five-barrel system on April 25th, but I'll be able to have an event and um, release a special new beer I'm working on. Cool. Cool. We look forward to that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So, Justin, what is the beer that, you know, Stone End's most known for? Um, that's a good question. I had a guy come up I, I'm, uh, these last few years. I've been only open two weekends a year up here to the public. Um, and so I had this guy come up and he's like, he, he remembered the dead foot hill. And that was like pretty cool. Like, cause the dead foot was a, it was an awesome recipe I had. You know, it was like a smoked kind of dark kind of uh, brown ale. Sounds um, amazing right oh now. Man. Which was right. different. <laughs> I love brown like when I, when I started the beer CSA, this is six years ago, five years ago, you know, I, I, I was, you know, making, all these different varieties of beer and a lot of it, like a, the IPAs weren't my thing essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was using, you know, hundred percent of local hops. And they, at that time they didn't have a pelletizer. They didn't have a hot pelletizer. Yeah. So you couldn't really get, you know, super hoppy beers. I had CSA members that would be like, Oh, your beer, your beer is not hoppy enough. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I'm using like so much, you know, fresh, leaf, the fresh leaf. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, <laughs> you, you really don't get the same extracting like flavor no. from it. Um, so that kind of came around, um, but so I have this whole other catalog of recipes that I'm going to be pulling back. Cause so I've, with contract brewing, I mean, I've been doing like 40, 50 barrel batches and unfortunately kind of just to stay alive. Like I, I had to do kind of like a certain IPAs, of course. um, which I, 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 I like, I like the, I call it a Northeast style IPA, which is just a non bitter. I don't add any hops in the boil. It's all in the whirlpool and in the kettle and dry hopping, you know? So it, it's, it's kind of a, you know, people call it new England style and all this, but, but the beer I make, I try to do it where it's not like, oh, you got to drink it in two weeks or else it's terrible. It's like, I try to make it so at <laughs> it's least... super hazy. Yeah, I yeah. don't really care about the haze. I yeah. mean, I, I get it. Um, but so I'm looking forward to being able on a five-barrel system, I'll be able to pull back some of those old recipes that are, are my favorites and some of the customers' favorites. Because, like, I don't drink IPAs. I mean, I, I, I like them, unquote. I like yeah. them. <laughs> I like the, like, freshness of them. And I could see the appeal. I mean... The beer I just did now, it's called the Warfield Dream IPA, which is kind of my, my press release of the Warfield thing, the dream actually happening. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a nice, like, 7%, and it's 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 hoppy, but it's not bitter. It's drinkable. Um, but I'm going to be doing a lot more, like, lagers, kind of barrel-aged. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Farm-style beers, um, and, and just have fun with it, like I, like I did when I was on a one-barrel you know, beer CSA where I worked a hundred hours a week. Or Hopefully a day. not working a hundred yeah. hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but had a whole a lot of different variety, and so I, I'm, I'm awesome. actually 
looking at fine-tuning a new recipe. Um, it's going to be called the Coleraine Living Lager. And so I've done Coleraine Living Ale. Coleraine Living has been a, a name that I've batted around um, for years because there, there's a, a little bit of a story to Coleraine Living. Um, so Coleraine Living would be that you're going to get lost, you know, driving around <laughs> here. There really is no cell service. Yeah. Um, there is no internet. Um, I mean, I got some it's just a little country it's a little rural yeah, country and we're yeah. not like when we're like an hour and a half from boston and like we literally our phone line is like terrible like our phone line we can't i, I sometimes have, yeah, yeah our landline i sometimes i have to every two or three months i have to call the, the verizon or wherever they are to come and they have to fix the line because it's like this crackle sound on the line so i'm having like important business meetings and it's it's it sounds like it's snowing out there yeah, and yeah. that's my only communication line it's like <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous or, or like the power going out um, one Thanksgiving three years ago, uh, the power went out for like four or five days while I was brewing. Oh man! And you know the the, the wort was you know in the kettle, just about to boil, and you know the power went out, and I'm hand ladling it because the pumps went out. So like, oh, and just like crossing my fingers, and then the 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 power didn't go on for four days. It was right at Thanksgiving. And uh, we had to cook the turkey over our open open fire. Oh, hearth. I bet you that was delicious. You know, we, I lost yeah. the beer. Yeah. I, I was sad about losing the beer, but once <laughs> I, you know, once I cracked a beer at like ten in the morning, yeah. and uh, uh, that. But uh, I'm just trying to think of uh, the ruralness it has its charm, definitely. But, yeah. but definitely. it also has some uh, some challenges. So Stone Man, yeah. Where did the name come from? Well, I know that you are. The stone man, but it's is it the just... stonemason, and um, yeah. it's kind of funny. I had a guy in the Berkshires; he's credited to. I had a sometimes I have beer buses that come by here, and like people, you know, I'm open to the public by appointment, and so people would come over on the bus, which is nicer. So you get like ten people to come through, and this dude comes through, and he's like, "I'm the guy that that," or he's like, "I met the guy that said he 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 named your brewery." He's like, "I don't believe him." And I'm like, "Dude, who was he?" And he's like, "Told me the name." I was like, "Yeah, that's the dude." Where <laughs> that's awesome. I had a, this guy is. He's a couple years older than me. He lives in the Berkshires, and, and I won't reveal his name for secrecy. Um, yes. But this guy is like, I mean, the real deal. Like, um, you know, he's got you know, 100 acres, and, you know, bears get his chicken coop, and he goes out there and gets the bear and then skins the bear and makes a bear rug out of it. Like, you know, kind of real deal thing that is in my realm is normal. In the the, the scheme of Eastern Mass, it might not be normal. And this, <laughs> this guy called me Stone Man of like, like just as like a, when I was a stonemason and, and, you know, kind of stony or something. So, um Nice. So that name stuck, and so that's credited to that. Cool. So I'm excited for what's next. April 25th Definitely. isn't that far No, we're right on the corner, yeah. really. Um, we've talked to people who are either, A, looking to buy breweries, yeah. locations. Uh, what's been the hardest part other than looking for a location? Because I mean, locations are pretty, pretty crucial for yeah. your model. Um, other challenges are... Uh, it's kind of doing every. That's a good question. It's like doing everything, um, you know. If if you're designing a brewery, like kind of what I did, is like I, I actually have given a lot of consultations to people that are opening up like a three barrel brewery, and to give them my like true story about it, like because I was the guy when I opened up a one barrel, everyone's like, oh, you're never gonna do it. Like you're never gonna make money. It's gonna be so hard. You know, don't do it. And I, and I was stubborn to do it. <laughs> now I'm on the other end of like. I want to let people know what they're in for, you know, essentially, because right. yeah. it's, it's, you know, really you can almost make a profit, but you have to know, like, I don't understand there's people opening up like one barrel breweries and then hiring like an assistant brewer and a head brewer on a one barrel system. Like how that, I mean, you have to have money from somewhere else to pay someone to do that, which is all great. Um, but I want to try to give people a realistic glimpse of, um, 
what it is like to be small hmm. a little bit into yeah. because it really I went through the ringer you know for years where I wouldn't do it again ever um, be, like starting a business undercapitalized I'd say yeah and and in, in the beer industry you know cash is king and it's it's your 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 beer your cash flow is constantly going up and down I mean it's a pretty pretty hard game to manage um, but so the direct question was the what's the hardest part other than finding a location for brewers it would be. I mean, it's trying to find that sustainable spot where you're you're able to hire people to make it fun, and, and you, um, I don't know the beer industry is pretty tough. Like uh, the beer CSA model I created originally was kind of I got to skirt around the beer world a little <laughs> right, bit, right, which right. I yeah I kind of liked yeah. that whole concept. But I'm kind of going back to that. Um, so the biggest hurdle is having to wear so many hats and having to be prepared. Like I, I was not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. I'm not a social media marker. I'm not a filmmaker, this and that, but I, I have to, you have to sort of adapt, do it all yourself yep. and learn. And, and it's as long as you, as long as you're into that, you know, as long as you're into like knowing that it's going to be fun uh, yeah. to like, I have a you know documentary documentary filmmaker guy, been following me around and at the last minute he canceled to do a, he does commercials for me once in a while for these big events i kind of bowed out for a year and now i'm releasing this brand new beer that's like my my statement the warfield dream and at the last minute the guy's like oh, i can't can't do the shoot and so i, I got his camera and his equipment and i like shot a funny yep. little yep. a funny little video like but nice. it's like like literally wednesday i get the beer i get the event on saturday i haven't done any promoting because i don't even know if the beer is going to be good or ready and then i had to like friday saturday like shoot and edit you know a two-minute commercial and make it be funny or like i don't know like so that that was a little stressful like i had yeah. the new yeah. photoshop program and you know, <laughs> yes. like stone man oh, is yeah. not is not very digitally apt. You know. <laughs> um, so That's I, great. I, yeah, I have done a lot of different careers um, in the past. Uh, I went to, I actually built a dark room in my parents' basement when I was 12, 13. <laughs> so I did all black nice. and white photography in the 90s, which was pretty cool. I mean, so so I come from the analog type background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if answering any question, but. No, That's, that's all awesome. right. That's awesome. <laughs> I rant and rave all day. You mentioned. Um, not being able to be dialed in and, and, you know, when you get brew buses or when you get by appointment, how are you gathering feedback about your beer? Because I think a lot of times when you brew on a small scale, like I've home brewed and my friend, my girlfriend, my parents say, it's the best beer I've ever had. But you re- really deep down, you know that yeah maybe it's not the best beer, but obviously you've been around for a while. How are you gathering feedback or is it just... And you're taking a, good, a big chance on yourself, too. That's a good question. I mean, when I was running the beer CSA, it was pretty awesome because people were each month come out and, and they would tell me their favorite beers and I kind of cater it to that. Um, but now, I mean, I just have like trusted friends and things that I, that I, that I, I give it to um, to get like because I, I it's I like to analyze and know and, and not be, you know, BS, you know, about um, sure. about the flavor and stuff, yeah. you know. So, so I try to find people I trust and be like, I'm like. You know, I'm su- sometimes surprised this beer came out great. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still sometimes surprised. That's awesome. Do you go on Untapped at all? I used what is to your opinion? A little bit. I mean, I, I, I mean, our internet doesn't really work. Right, right. I have like 80 beers re- rated on Untapped. You do, yeah, nice. which, is, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I haven't like early on. I like read stuff and this and that, and like I just don't really, um, I don't really do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Why? What do they sure. say about my beer? I have no well, idea. you'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, we'll the login to Untapped. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Justin, thank you for doing this yeah. with us. Um, Where can people find your yeah. beer right now? 
Uh, right here, I have beer for sale in my shipping container All that right. you cannot get to. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan and Casey's in Greenfield. Okay. Um, the their uh, Pine Hill Orchards and Colerain. Uh, yeah. What's the What's the location here, or what's the best contact to get in contact with you if people want to try your beer? Uh, good question. <laughs> call our call. Don't don't text. Call our, our house line. We had someone call yeah. this morning, eight thirty in the morning. Be like, what What are your beer hour beer hours of operation for tasting? <laughs> I'm like, it's eight thirty on Sunday, and I'm open what? two days a year. Um, yeah. But basically, the best way I have a uh, join the mailing list on growbeer.com. Okay. Okay. So I have a website. It's outdated. Uh, Grow beer. Um, but I do have a news, uh, newsletter that I send out every cool. once in a while. So that's like a way to – I got about 400, 500 people on there. Stay updated. Um, which is hard to do all those little things. Yeah. Um, so I put out a press release at least once a year. Um, <laughs> but you can get our beer right. in um, in uh, Greenfield at Ryan and Casey's. And cool. Just in a f- few short months. Yeah, I'll be open. And Probably then, by the time this episode airs. Oh, good. <laughs> people will be well, like, oh, April's now. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're, we're uh, I mean, we're, we're releasing it's kind of uh, far out. So th- this is our, nice. we're, we're selling it's upside down. Wait, it is it's upside, upside down. down. Okay, yep, there so we, go. we, yep. we, we are promoting <laughs> and it might be available in the beginning of April still. I'm pre-ordering. It's the Stone Man Brewery 2020 box set. Beer CSA. So it's cool. basically we're pre- we have this treasure map, handmade typeset, real a real oh that's real document, yep. real yeah. real paper, yeah. real, uh, actual yeah. uh, typeset, and that's a treasure map of how to find us essentially because you know, cool. you get lost. I'm so into this, yeah. And, and so yes. basically, we, it's like pre-selling a box set that's available for the April twenty fifth, cool. and it's it's an unspecified thing where it's literally a wooden box. There'll be some beer in it, and there's going to be some one of a kind handmade stuff. Awesome! Um, but it's like That's it's awesome. expensive. Real stuff, yeah. yeah, it's a little expensive. Two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty-two dollars is Ooh. what it is, and we'll have a limited amount. Um, so I kind of, I think I'm pre-ordering it, but it's ending kind of probably around April-ish. Yeah. Cool. yeah. To pre-order, so that's one of the one of a kind, now. one of a kind things. Cool. Erica, do you want to close this up? Yeah. So we like to ask everyone this. Uh, what are you most proud of? And that could be as vague and open as you want it to be. Wow, that's a good question. I'm, I'm proud <laughs> of being able to problem solve like I've never thought before of, of, <laughs> right? of getting out of jams. Like, you know, you're, you're out of money and you got you just got to keep moving forward. Yeah. So I'm proud yeah. of the ability to, to be able to move forward, but then to be able to measure like how like your stress level you know it's like it's it, sure. it can't you can't be losing your, your stuff you know like doing yeah. this kind of work you got to kind of maintain like it still has to be fun you have to be profitable right right um but so I, i'm proud of being able to problem solve enough to be able to keep going yeah and, and being um able to to go where i'm going and like i guess it's a hard question to answer uh, but it's a good one it's like the, yeah, no, right. <laughs> the, That's all we ask it. We like to, well, you know, dig a little deeper. Well, I'm proud of being able to turn a vision into reality because sure. so much of running a business in a brewery, it's like all in your imagination. Yeah. I mean, you're, literally, you're literally sitting there, you know, six years ago, home brewing with a pen and paper. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to make a you know, million dollars with this nano brewery, beer CSA. Like, <laughs> it looks like even if it's 100,000 profit, like, That's yeah. great. I've never made that in a year. And, and, you know, then you make something and then you have to continually adapt to fine tune it. And for me, I, I've not shaken my values and I guess that's what I'm proud of like being able to be survived and to not shake my values so all of the beer I make I'm the only brewery that can have the local hero sticker on it and that's a big deal it means that 
50% of the ingredients, of the cost of the ingredients of the beer comes from Massachusetts in the Northeast. So even when I'm contract brewing like 50 barrel batches, yeah. I'm still using a whole, you know, a whole, it's not 100% local because that would but cost a lot. But it's at least 50 But it's 50%. Yeah, and so yeah. that's, it's, and I'm trying to keep my beer at like, you know, $14.99 for a four pack yeah. on the shelf. And yeah. it's, it's expensive, but it's the high quality ingredients. So I'm right. trying to like, my stubbornness is what I'm proud of, of, of not wavering yeah. from the idea of grow beer. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, what I'm proud of. That's awesome. <laughs> well, nice. Justin and Maggie, thank you guys. Maggie, you, yeah. want, you want to say bye? Oh, no. come on. <laughs> I thought we were going to you say I thought that was close. You say something? Come on. Come on, Maggie. You got to say anything. <laughs> you want to hold it? You want to hold it? No. Right, well, that's Maggie. Well, thank you so much. And this yes. was, was awesome. It's awesome to come out to this area of the state that we For really sure. don't ever get to come out to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ryan and Erica, we got to make a trip out here on April 25th. Yes. yes. We'll definitely we'll be there. We'll, we'll come back. Cool. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, cheers. cheers. Thanks for coming up and uh, get, getting a little lost. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, that's the worst now. kind of lost coming down Stetson Brothers from the. Because before, there was literally only one sign for Stetson Brothers, which was up there. Down here, there was no sign. So I'd like tell people directions, and you're like, make a right at the oak tree you know past the solar panel yeah. field and like i'll be out there waiting for you so i literally that's where like i've been waiting outside for like Aww. an hour and that's, but that's normal i mean that's yeah like, we're like yeah. did they get lost where did they get like yeah like, you can actually text your directions were good Except the we sign just, just, i didn't see the uh adams inside and that, whatever it was in the, and that you went and like the, straight right the, yeah the, i don't yeah. know yeah we lost gps yeah and then, and then you went up north <laughs> it happened it's cool though but well, you found us. That's that's what's did. important. Exactly. We found you guys. And until next time. Until cool. next time. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode with Justin from Stoneman Brewing all the way out in Coleraine, Massachusetts. We had a lot of fun hanging out with him and uh, meeting his awesome daughter. You guys probably heard her throughout the episode. Very but cute. She was adorable. So we kept that audio in because it, it just shows, you know, he has a family and he's running his brewery at home so we thought it was important to keep that those little sound bites in for sure and she was so freaking adorable she was we were bummed she didn't get she, we wanted her to record the intro audio with us but she was like oh I'm a shy yeah. but she didn't say anything yeah, she was like Meh. yeah so <laughs> yeah. but it's alright but she likes ginger beer that is yeah. true Fun facts. who doesn't though ginger she loves ginger beer <laughs> I don't like ginger beer oh that's alright okay. okay. whatever right? if you guys want to help support us um, because we just had 100 episodes and we didn't do that Crazy. without our listeners you guys out there in podcast land um, but we want to grow even more. Yeah, so continue to write and subscribe, write some reviews on us on wherever you listen to the yeah. podcast. And we found that um, people are hearing about us by word of mouth. So continue to share our podcast because if one person tells one person and another person and so on and so forth, you get that snowball effect and it be so big. Massive. Massive, yeah. But also keep an eye out uh, on our website. We're going to have a new page coming out soon uh, for supporting the podcast uh, yes. with donations and affiliate links that you can go. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we won't release that quite just yet. We're still working on developing the website for that. So. Yeah. So uh, check back soon. Uh, we have an awesome episode for you guys next week. We know what it is, but we're not telling you. So stay, stay tuned. tuned. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.